And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined here this evening by our guest, Dimitri Pronko, one of my uh, former teammates and uh, good friends. Dimitri, how are you doing today? Pretty good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, we appreciate it. We finally locked you in a date. You're a busy guy. Um, what's been going on? What are you doing for work these days? Definitely. Uh, I just started actually with a, with a startup company, GameStrat. They uh, specialize in sideline replays, so I got on with them through uh, a mutual connection. Um, so we've been busy, um, obviously selling sideline replay, especially to teams down south, um, high school football teams in the States. Uh, the situation is a little different down there than it is up here. So that's kind of good for us because, again, keeps us in business and uh, allows us to, to kind of keep keep operating. So I've just been okay, that. Cool. I've been coaching in the East End as well. Uh, back in Ottawa now, I've been coaching with uh, Gridiron Academy under Victor Tutundo. So I've been doing some position-specific stuff there, and that's also been keeping me pretty busy. So. Very cool. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on the uh, the sideline replay thing? Because I think that's really cool, and I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so it's a it's for high school. Yeah, so it's a software. Uh, so it's an instant replay company. We all the U Sports teams, I believe, except for one, use it. Um, I've used it. As a, who, who doesn't use it? Laurier. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Bishop has got hooked up with it too. But uh, nice. I think it's Laurie as the only team in, in Canada who doesn't use it. And um, it's something that I've used as a player, both from my time at Western, but also as a coach when uh, I was at Queens last year. Um, so basically, what happens is it's it's we enable um, teams to view uh, plays immediately during a game. So it just allows for coaches as well as players to make corrections, identify things mm-hmm. a lot faster. Um, and ultimately just speeds up the game. So instead of waiting till halftime to make corrections, you're able to do that right away on the yeah. sideline between series. That's going to have an immediate impact on youth sports if it's easy to use. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that's very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. user-friendly, very simple to kind of set up and even take down and, and operate. It doesn't take much. And I mean, even myself included, I wasn't, you know, don't consider myself a big tech guy, but, you know, for uh, somebody with some decent knowledge, it's it's fairly easy to uh like i said operate the system yeah and of course as soon as we get old and graduate all the cool stuff comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah like i said i got lucky to just to kind of take advantage of it in the last two years i was there but uh of my playing career anyways but yeah it, yeah. it would have been nice to have through my entire career for sure all right very cool um so dim you want to just take a second and introduce yourself and go over your youth sports experience yeah so um i mean i'm originally from ottawa grew up in the east end in orleans um Growing up, I was kind of always active. I guess my parents kind of always signed me up for sports, whether it was uh, martial arts, taekwondo as a a kind of one of the first sports I guess I did. Um, Skiing, swimming lessons, golf, uh, played volleyball in high school. Um, You know, just kind of got a good taste of a a large variety of sports. Um, Obviously, soccer was another big one as well growing up. And then uh, football, ultimately. Um, and so, I mean, I've played with the Orleans Bengals in the East End, uh, for city ball, then played, uh, provincially with, in the OVFL with the Cumberland Panthers. Um, and then following that, um, uh, went off to Champlain college, then the university, both bishops and then Western. Um, and that was kind of like my, my football side of things, which we can dive in a little more, obviously, um, as we get along, but. From a youth yeah. standpoint, um, yeah, I was just, you know, heavily involved in a lot of sports, whether it was, you know, throughout high school as well, badminton, volleyball, um, soccer, skiing. Those were kind of the, the, the big ones. And then obviously football as well. So, 
And was there a, a specific point where you gravitated towards football or what was the distinction there with other sports? Yeah, so for the longest time, I mean, I was always a, a heavier set kid um, growing up. And so I played defense and soccer, um, you know, wasn't by no means sprinting as a striker or scoring a lot of goals, but um, was kind of juggling both soccer and football for the longest time. And then at the age of probably about 13, 13, 14, um, it was just a lot for me to to do both uh, at that time. And I knew that if I was going to take one further, uh, I would have had to focus on one and, and, and just kind of decide which one to let go um, of. And uh, again, at the time, I think I enjoyed football a little more than I did soccer. My body type um, fit more of a football persona than it did a soccer one. Um, and I had enjoyed soccer from, you know, the ages of four till, till then and playing competitive, competitively, sorry, and things like that. Um, and I think it was just time for me to, again, just had to kind of make that decision and focus on one. So around 13, 14, I'd say I probably stuck with football full time. And that was my next question. So around the age of 13, you started to have these internal discussions about what you wanted with sports long term. Yeah. So it was a, it was a bit of both. It was both um, coaches and mentors of mine at the time and, and my parents. And we were kind of realizing that, like, you know, juggling both as I was getting older was becoming more and more of a, a challenge. Um, not that it was impossible, but again, if I was going to take one to the next level, I was at that age that I, I'd, I'd played multiple sports growing up and I'd gotten my taste of, um, you know, what I thought I liked and didn't like. And it was just time for me at that point, uh, again, as I kept growing and kept getting kind of heavier and, and, and fitting more of that football persona, um, that's what I gravitated towards. And when did you know that football was something that you could take, uh, past high school? Uh, good question. Honestly, I think it was, I mean, I'd like to consider myself somebody who's, who's pretty self-aware of, of my abilities and where I stood throughout a, a vast majority of my career. Um, you know, I'd probably say it was probably towards the end of high school. Um, and again, we can get more into that decision as to why I yeah. went to CJA. Um, actually, it probably ties into this, but uh, why don't we do, let's do that now and then we can go into recruiting. Yeah, out. for sure. So, I mean, for me, it was more of like when I got towards the end of high school, I started realizing like, okay, I knew I wanted to, I knew I, I could play at the next level at the university level. I had had um, a couple schools approach me throughout my OVFL um, or after a few OVFL games. Uh, it wasn't a lot. I'd say probably maybe three or four schools. Um, but a lot of the feedback I was getting too from, again, some, some coaches that whose opinions I cherished and, and, things like that was to play at the university level. Um, so I was faced with a few options. I was either going to stay in Ottawa, um, go to college and play another year of midget or a year of junior, uh, and then maybe make the jump to university. Or um, I actually had a coach who brought up the whole seizure prep, which to me was something brand new. I had no idea it was even a thing. Um, didn't know what type of football it was, the caliber it was, how many levels there were. Um, and so thankfully, again, the coaches that I super grateful for, um, connected me up with some, some CJP connections and that's how I ended up going to CJP. A lot of the, uh, the athletes that I'm working with now, I mean, you know, there's 20 of them and all of them want to go play university football. And, you know, the reality is some of them will, and some of them won't. Um, and you made a comment there about the physical ability kind of thing. And I think. CJEP is such a good option for the grade 12s who, you know, maybe if you're undersized or, you know, you're not necessarily physically capable to do the things that you have to do at the university level, two more years to develop yourself like physically, mentally and learn the game can go a long way. Like, so do you want to discuss for me, like the growth that you personally went through from entering Champlain to exiting? Yeah, absolutely. So again, it was, it was a, a 
one of the decisions or one of my better decisions I'd say probably throughout my career was to go to CJEP and simply because when I was sitting down and evaluating, I'm a big uh, pros and cons guy and I like making lists. And when I was kind of making these lists as I was coming out of high school, it was like, okay, I knew I wasn't physically ready to compete because I had known some people who had gone to university. I'd seen, I'd been around the community. I'd seen what type of players were playing at the university level. And um, again, I kind of, I had somebody who had always been a starter throughout my career. And so I knew I was going to probably sit on the bench um, for a couple of years, at least at the university level, and then maybe get a start in my third, fourth year um, by the time I matured and developed physically and mentally to play at that level. And um, when the seizure route kind of came available, I saw it as an opportunity to, okay, continue to play, but also develop through playing rather than sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was huge for me. And again, once I got to know more about the CJEP route and what it was like and what kind of caliber it was and what type of players um, went there, I mean, it, it was a, kind of like a no-brainer. Great players. Yeah, eh? honestly. So there's Great three, players. three levels for those who don't know the CJEPs. Three, three divisions, Division One through uh, one, two, and three. Um, one, I went to Division One Champlain, uh, Champlain Regional College. So, played for the Champlain Cougars. Um, that that league has actually grown since I've been there. I know we were originally six teams, and I think they're up to ten now, which is nice because then so it just adds more competition and makes things that much better. But um, CJ football, I think, has gotten a lot better too in the years that I've seen it, at least throughout my playing career and, and coaching. Um, even Division Two and some Division Three teams that are stepping up and making um, a positive impact and competing at a higher level, which is always nice to see. Yeah, Quebec really funds their sports. They 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 see the merit in it for sure. Um, so, you know, you did your two you did two years at Champlain. Yeah, yeah so I was there twenty twelve so season and twenty thirteen season. And as a CJEP athlete, were you being recruited the, like by university uh, coaches like the entire time, the two years, or more so the so last year? So more so the last year. So I actually went in uh, in my first year. I dressed, uh, but I wasn't a starter. Uh, and then I ended up starting in my second year in 2013. Um, and I'd say that's probably when I got more heavily recruited. Like I had stayed in touch with the coaches that had approached me in high school um, just because I didn't want those connections to kind of die out. So um, – it's yeah, a must. And so I kept kind of nurturing those relationships, keeping in touch with them, uh, updating them as I uh, kind of progressed. And then, uh, but I would say, yeah, definitely more of a focus on recruiting in my second year at Champlain. Uh, when I was a starter, I could create a highlight film uh, and just get better exposure at that point. Well, yeah, you need the first thing I tell all the kids is it doesn't matter how good you are. You need to, yeah. you know, you need a Concord. So, what schools did uh, were you interested in that were recruiting you, and, and what brought you to Bishops to start your career? So, uh, for those who don't know, Champlain um, Champlain College shares a campus with Bishops University, so it's in Lennoxville as well. So I'd been on the campus for two years at that point. Um, I probably had about, I would say, five or six schools that showed um, like genuine interest that were you know uh, good candidates, I guess, for me to go to. Uh, and I ended up, again, being a guy who likes to weigh pros and cons and make lists and things like that. I kind of narrowed everything down to, to two schools. I knew I wanted to go to a small school at the time. Um, so I narrowed it down to Bishops and Acadia, actually, were my final two. Uh, took my recruiting trips, um, you know, got to know the guys, got to know the coaching staff, and really did my homework in terms of making sure. Like, I mean, when I – this list, I'm sure I've got it buried somewhere. But it was – you know, I narrowed it down. I evaluated every possible – aspect that of my university career that I was potentially going to experience. So everything from 
uh, meal hall to <laughs> team colors to team atmosphere to chemistry to coaching staff to uh, strength of conference to, I mean, you name every single aspect I could think of that would encompass my university career, I kind of put down on paper. And then from there, I attributed a value of one to five, five being very important to me, one being uh, least important to me. Um, so for example, like say meal hall, as much as I like my food, it was probably a two out of five. Um, whereas strength yeah. of conference and coaching staff would have been a five because that was really important to me. Um, and then from there on, I actually gotcha. even valued, I, I basically assigned a value of what I thought that school had for that specific category. So say, I can't remember what it was, but say at the time bishops would have been, you know, coaching to me was a five importance. Uh, I attributed it a, a four, a three or a four. And then Acadia, same thing, five importance, but I attributed it a, uh, say, a, a two or a three. Um, and so from there, and then I just multiplied them. And basically, I'm very, you know, very visual. And so on paper, I could see exactly what the total points was per school. Um, and it came down to a very short difference. I mean, I think there was a difference of three points. I probably had over 25, 30 different items on that list. Um, and then did it become like a gut call at that point? Cause it was pretty, yeah, even exactly. Paper. And so because it was so even, it really came down to the fact that, uh, being from Ottawa, Lennoxville was only four hours away. Um, family was important to me. So it was, you know, a question of having my family, a lot of my mom's side of my family too is from Quebec. So they were, um, going to be there, uh, or be able to at least access most of my games and come and support me. And so that was a big kind of pulling factor as to why I chose bishops. Plus, I was in the town for two years and I enjoyed it at the time. I was, you know, I, I liked my experience at Champlain. I liked the town of Lennoxville. I liked the people there. I liked the, the connections that I built over the two years that I was there. And I kind of wanted to keep those going. So that also weighed on my decision to, to stick with bishops. Very cool. And now we're there. We're a bishops gator. We're year one. What is your first training? What is your first training camp experience? Like? I mean, it's good. I think, again, tying back to CJEP, it prepped me for it. I think if I had gone straight out of high school, it would have been more of a shock um, and an adjustment. But because I had the, the advantage of going to CJEP um, and competing with guys uh, that were older than me, but also of similar caliber, it uh, allowed me to transition a lot better and compete right away. Um, so, I mean, you know, it was it was definitely still a step up from Cija, Um But again, less of a jump had I just gone straight from high school. Yeah, and for me, I can tell you coming straight from high school, I mean, it is a, yeah. a culture shock. I was, you know, not a, not the thickest guy, but I was usually one of the taller guys on the field. And as a receiver, when you're taller than other guys, like the DBs, you kind of you feel like you have a little yeah. bit of an edge to you. And then I remember coming in and like when I was at X for my first year, I mean, Devin Bailey yeah. is 6'6". And even when I came to, to, to Bishops, the first time I met Deshaun, I thought he was probably yeah. like 6'5 because of his, his hair. But, you know, he's probably yeah. more like 6'3", but just, just such a jump physically. So um, I've really been honestly turned on to the CJEP route. And I'm going to send so many of my young athletes through that instead of benching them for two or three years in the yeah. university ranks. They're going to go develop. It's, it's honestly, I think, the best... Um, I think Quebec has the best model yeah. for football is my yeah, what I think tying into that as well is the uh, fact that like, just from a personal standpoint too, is like I was a left tackle throughout city ball and LVFL and just because I was one of the bigger guys at six, two. Um, but you quickly realize, like you said, right, you get to the university level and you know, the average height is, is I've played with everybody from six, eight to, to six, you know, six foot really. But at six, two, I'm definitely more undersized at the university level. And so, 
CJEP allowed me to transition inside from left tackle to then guard and then from guard to eventually center, which is where I played my, my university career. Yeah. And I think that's your natural Definitely. position too. Like at the next level, I think you're, you're, cause you're, you're really intelligent. You know where the play is going for sure. Um, any fond memories at Bishops before we move on to the next yeah, topic? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Here. I mean, I enjoyed it from a school perspective. Um, I liked, again, why I chose Bishops to begin with was, uh, you know, education was important to me. And it was, um, I liked that learning environment. I liked the small town. I liked the small class sizes. I liked, um, you know, the connections that I had and, and you know, the, the friendships that I'd made while I was there. I mean, I still keep in touch with, with, uh, uh, with a few guys that I played with there. Um, I mean, you obviously being one of them, but, um, you know, yeah, I mean, overall from an academic standpoint, I, I truly enjoyed, um, my time at Bishop, just the environment, the school atmosphere, um, the school pride as well. Uh, you know, from, from, from that standpoint, honestly, I'll give, um, credit where credit is due and and Bishop's definitely, um, was positive from that experience. And now we'll get into the nitty gritty a little bit. So for the listeners at home, Dimitri uh, transferred from Bishops to Western, where he ended up uh, winning a national championship. But uh, we're not going to get into that yet. What we want to get into is, um, you know, what were you going through personally and what sort of things were you weighing when you were, think, um, you know, when you first, you know, had that, that thought popped in your head the first time of, I, sh- I need to change yeah. the scenery. So um, obviously the decision to transfer was, was not an easy one. Um, Again, you're talking about uprooting um, everything you've basically been working towards, um, changing sometimes academic program or seeing if what you've been studying fits into wherever you're headed. Um, So there was a lot of things to weigh. And I mean, um, for me, it started out as, uh, again, so started at Bishops. uh, uh, There was an injury at center in my year one, and that's how I got my start at Bishops in year one and then started in year two. Um, ended up getting injured in my second year with my shoulder, um, played through it, but was going to require surgery in, uh, at the start of my third year, which was going to leave me out. Um, which that's when I guess probably when I knew I had to get surgery on my right shoulder and I knew I was going to have to sit out my third year, that's when the possibility to transfer really became a serious option just because I knew that, um, transferring obviously to, to be able to play right away, you do have to sit out a year, um, I believe that is still the rule for now. Mind you, COVID might change yep. that, but prior to prior to COVID, that was the hmm. rule: is you couldn't just jump jump ship and go somewhere else and play right away unless you were graduating and doing a grad studies, which wasn't the case for me. So I would have had to sit out a year. So that third year kind of opened up that possibility for me because I was, although I was still with the team and I still went to every practice and every game and supported and helped out during practice, mm-hmm. I wasn't technically on the roster, um, so it didn't count towards uh, a year of eligibility eligibility um and then from you know why that decision even became a thing was at the time so when i came in or when i was coming out of cj uh bishops just went six and two had one of the best seasons they'd had in a very long time um there seemed to be a lot of momentum around the program uh yeah they were graduating a lot of guys but to me that was just a sign of there was a lot of opportunity for for continued growth um and you know year one we went i think one and seven Year two went one and seven again, and that's when, um, you know, just from I'm a very analytical guy, and from uh, from yeah. my perspective, you know, things didn't seem to be on that upward trajectory um, with the football program specifically. So, what do you uh, think it was? Know, 
I yeah, love your, I mean, I love contributed to, to a few things. I think there was a lack of structure, a lack of um, accountability to a certain extent by a lot of the players. Um, and again, there, just, there wasn't mm-hmm. what seemed to be uh, that leadership aspect um, because there was constant change yeah. at, uh, from an athletic director standpoint. Um, you know, there was just a lot of things. That's the one downside I would say about bishops, and it's not necessarily a downside. It, it there was could, there was just no yeah, rhythm, and it could also be no a positive rhythm. thing too at times. But not what what I'm referring to is the fact that because it's so tight knit, it's very difficult to be discreet about things. And so, things that were going on behind the scenes, I think, leaked out, and it was very evident to a lot of the players at the time, and uh, from a coaching perspective and things mm. like that. And so what happened was you see these these kind of disagreements or the, these tensions and things like that. It's not like a big school where, you know, you can kind of mask those things or you can kind of be more discreet about them because everybody's so tight-knit and everybody knows each other and word travels extremely fast in Lennoxville, as we both know. Um, it was very difficult, mm-hmm. I think, for, for the staff to keep things under wrap at times. And so that, I think, played into it. And just from, an, from a critical standpoint, when I evaluated it, um, I had to look at me personally um, and say, you know, did, did I want to go, is this how I wanted my career to end? Because realistically, again, being self-aware, I think I knew, you know, CFL was a bit of a stretch for me. Um, I knew that it was, you know, a a very high possibility that university was going to be the end of my playing career. And how did I want that to look when I look back and did I want it to be like, yeah, okay. Like as much as I had some good friendships and some good relationships in that team, um, the reason I played the sport, was to win. Um, and the reason I yeah. um, enjoyed football to begin with was to have that sense of competition and commitment to a greater goal. Um, and again, that, that kind of that winning mentality. And I feel like a lot of people at Bishops just didn't have it at the time. Now, granted, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note that it does seem to be, or it does seem to, to, sorry, to be like things have kind of shifted there now since I've left which I'm extremely happy for and I'm happy for the guys that are there. Um, but at the time for me, it was going through a coaching change. All these things were kind of coming together in my third year where I was sitting out, there was coaching changes. There was talk about changing conference. So all these reasons that I committed to bishops in the first place were kind of falling through. Um, and then on top yeah. of that, I saw, or I, I, I saw an opportunity to basically go to a program that, was established, had all those things that I was looking for that I was hoping Bishops was gonna, kind of going to have when I first committed there. So, And that brings us to Western. So can you just, you know, briefly briefly walk us through what that transition was like? Just like yeah, so at Bishops I was studying, uh, I was in a, a sports studies major, business concentration, and I was going to have a minor in psych and a minor in soch. Um Transferring to Western, I obviously they, they didn't offer a, a sports studies program, but they did offer kinesiology, and that, that was something kind of that I always wanted to study coming out of high school. Uh, what was neat about Western's programs, they do offer two streams, both the Bachelor of Science and the Bachelor of Arts. Um, and so the Bachelor of Arts is more focused on psych right. of sport, um, business of sport, sport management, things like that, which was more up my alley. So I wasn't a big science guy. Um, and so, yeah, so once I basically, you know, did, kept it kind of hush-hush in terms of what I was going to do, um, you know, who I, what schools I was going to visit and things like that, because I didn't, you know, at 22, I, I don't really need 
the big recruiting spiel. I don't need to be, you know, impressed by facilities. Yeah. Like, that. like for me, it was a question of, okay, I've got two years left. How do I maximize these last two years? So once I figured out that all my exactly. kind of transcripts uh, or my, my credits kind of transferred over, um, it was kind of a no brainer because I, again, it, once I got the green light from the academic office saying that, yeah, we can transfer this and this is what it would do. And you would have two years left um, to complete a degree and things like that. It was uh, like, and I just kind of made the decision in, in early January to go to, to, to attend Western for the, I guess, remaining two years. Later. And was there any, like, what was the main difference in the day to day of the program? Like as a football player, what difference? I think the, from a, from a, one of the first things I noticed was the attention to detail. So there was uh, an excruciating attention to detail at Western in comparison to time at Bishops. Um, you know, everything was scheduled. Everything had to be on time. Um, even the way practice was run. I mean, there was, there was structure, there was guidance, there was leadership. Um, and then there was also accountability from everybody from the coaching staff to the players. And everybody was motivated to um, basically achieve uh, a higher standard and to kind of um, follow through and, and, and get to a Vanier Cup, which was the big thing, because I know they'd, they'd fallen short a couple of years before that and um, couldn't get over the hump. So that was kind of the big difference was really seeing like, OK, like everybody here is committed and is willing to put in the work. Um, to its fullest extent, basically to maximize everyone's potential and everybody's kind of uh, time here. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's why they ended up getting over the hump. So let's go and, uh, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. You won a national Honestly, it was pretty good. I mean, feel? I've got uh, – so I wasn't – in 2017, I wasn't the starter. Um, I ended up getting the starting job in 2018. Uh, but in dressed uh, every game in 2017 was still a part of the team. Um, and I mean, it was a surreal feeling. It was, you know, it was like, okay, that was the decision or that was part of the reason as to why I made that switch was to, um, again, be a part of a winning program. You know, I'd won a championship in, in city ball at, at the, uh, at the midget level with the Dukes. And then I'd won a provincial championship with uh, Champlain in CJEP a bull door in 2013. And, and that was the feeling that I was missing. Um, it was, you know, again, like having that competitive right. drive, having that, uh, that taste for, for winning. And I mean, it was, it was obviously, I mean, it was evidently went 20, 23 and one, um, obviously losing my last game of my career, but, um, yeah, just a lot to be, to be thankful for and grateful for. And I was glad I made that decision. Very yeah, twenty three and one is not a bad way to go out, especially especially when I went out two and uh, two and fourteen. But, but anyways, let's leave that leave that there. Um, uh, so what's the why to it all, Dimitri? So like, what uh, you know, you're you're competitive, you're driven, you're hardworking. So where does so it come I'd from? say it's why a combination it? of things. It's not one thing in particular for me. Um, you know, my parents are a big factor in a lot of things. Um, they've sacrificed a lot in their hard work and, and the things they've done to be there at, at most of my games and support me and um, put a lot of things that they wanted to do aside in order for me to pursue um, my dream of playing football to, to the fullest extent. Um, so part of me was, you know, owing it to them um, was part of my why and why I, I kind of kept, kept going at it. But also um, another probably important factor was the, just the brotherhood, the bonds and the friendships that I created over the years. Um, you know, there was something to say about grinding it out with a, with a, with a group of individuals towards a common goal that, that bonds you like no other. Um, 
And for me, it was, again, like I said, throughout all levels that I've played, there are people I stay in touch with um, simply because we can relate to the same experience of going through, whether it be uh, training camp or, you know, some shitty rainy practice in October or some type of meeting where, you know, we didn't have the best game and we're getting yelled at. Um, Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, those good old meetings. Just those bonds (laughs) and those friendships that were – we're big. And it's, again, it's like, if I know that the guy beside me is suffering, you know, they're not necessarily suffering, but grinding it out and putting the work in to achieve the thing we all want to achieve. It makes it a lot easier for me to justify doing those exact same things. So um, that was also another big part of my why. And then I'd say the last part of it would just be my own, my own self. Like I, you know, showing myself um, that when I set a goal or take a chance or take a risk that I'm able to follow through on it, that I'm able to accomplish it. Um, and I think football has been huge in, in, in my life specifically in terms of just teaching me a lot of things that, that translate to life in terms of everything from, from failure to, to having the right mindset to approaching, um, you know, life like, a, like, a, like I would a game day and, and prep, you know, prepping every week and prepping uh, in meetings and in practice and all those things that I can take now from that sport and translate it now that I've, you know, obviously done playing but transition to a different aspect of my life. Yeah, and now let's just touch briefly. Uh, now you're coaching. So you're the assistant O-line at Queens, and you're also doing some uh, private coaching with uh, Gridiron, and you've even been down to Brockville to help me work uh, with the camp. So, you know, did you know that you wanted to get into coaching? And yeah, you I mean, see I it think, as a long-term it, you know, thing football's been such a big part of my life. Again, I think I started at the age of eight. And so um, from eight to 25 was my playing career. And, you know, it was kind of – I wouldn't say all I knew, but it was a very big part of my life. And I knew that I wanted to continue that um, even after, after I was done playing. And so coaching was obviously the, the next closest thing um, to being on the field. And it was just like a natural progression for me to do that. Um, so how it came about really is actually my kind of just keeping in touch and, and with, with coaches that had either coached me or, I mean, I coached as well during the summer times throughout my career. Uh, back in Ottawa but um, once my kind of playing career was done I didn't really know what I was going to do I didn't know where I was going to head what the plan was really and um, you know I was fortunate enough to have uh, Steve Snyder the head coach at Queen's University reach out to me um, and ask if I wanted to to kind of be an assistant uh, uh, sorry assistant offensive line coach at uh, at Queen's yeah and, uh, you know, it's good. I mean, obviously things are on hold right now because of COVID and things have been um, kind of put on hold for the for now. But, um, I mean, I'm still staying in touch with them. Uh, right. I know they've started practice, but, again, there's a lot of modifications going on right now with them. So I think they're only allowed 10 per group, 45-minute um, sessions or so. I think I was talking to, to Coach Snyder there not too long ago. But there's a lot of modifications that they've been able to do, but they're I think they're just glad to be back out and, and on the field and able to work and, and do those things. And, I mean, the staff there has been – Awesome at Queens. I think there's a lot of promising things going going forward with that program, um, especially with the young coaching staff that they have there, and, and everybody seems to be on the same page. And, and the culture that Coach Snyder and the other staff are are implementing is um, going to be very beneficial for that program going forward. Yeah, for sure. Steve is uh, definitely head coach material, and I'm really excited to see what he does with that Queens program. Last thing I have for you, Dim, what's your take-home message for the next generation? Take-home message for my next generation of athletes. Um, I'd probably have to say is be coachable. Be coachable, be accountable. Um, it makes for a better career. It makes 
for yourself to be a better player. Um, and again, it's a lot um, from a coaching perspective, it's nice to see a player who, again, knows when they've made a mistake and then goes out and corrects it, uh, whether with your help or not. But that shows a lot of accountability. People that are, again, just very self-aware of where they are and, and aren't afraid of uh, putting their ego aside and understanding that um, it's okay to not know everything and it's okay to, to kind of screw up and you're going to make mistakes and it, it happens even at the pro level, you know, and, and they're just things that, that obviously you try to minimize them, but at the same time, if you don't make mistakes, then you'll, you'll never really learn. Um, and so I guess my take home message would just be, don't be afraid yep. to, to kind of fail and um, understand that it's okay. And, but what you do with that failure is ultimately what's most important. Are you just going to sit and kind of complain about it? Or are you going to seek the answers to make sure that that failure doesn't happen again um, is ultimately what kind of, I would say, or, or what kind of message I guess I would pass on to the next generation. And that's a perfect way to leave it. This was season three, episode two of Athletic Insights. Hey, listen, thanks Dimitri, for having me. I, I, I appreciate it. Glad we finally got this done. <laughs>